0: Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. Hey, guys. Hi. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. It's just, Melody and I look at each other on the regular and say... We like
1: to look at each other.
0: <laughs> you're so but We're just pretty. like, we can't believe that. Um, we've been doing the podcast for a year now. You know, when it first, when we first decided um, how can we still have a voice and a conversation with women in this past year where we had changed the way Cultivate looked and we hadn't had the seasons, if you had been to those, because the heart of our church is that you're connecting in community. And so how can we have that going all year long? And so we just said, what if we start the conversation through a podcast? We already have a setup. And we didn't really know what we were doing. Nope. (laughs) We just thought, you know, a lot of the questions that you guys are asking us are conversations that we have together authentically all the time. So what if we just opened up that conversation... To let everybody be a part of it. So we're just so glad you guys are here. Yeah, thank you guys for coming
1: out and everything's so fun. And we know that, you know, this podcast is going to air on February 1st. But so we're welcoming everybody who's listening, not just those in the room, but those in the room, please make some noise and let people know that you're here. (laughs) Just because I don't want people to think that we're liars. I mean, anybody could say they're doing something (laughs) live till you're like, where do people at? I don't hear nobody. Up in there with that fake audience box, you know, they're really, they're real here and we're happy about it.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, you know, each and every year for Cultivate, we just kind of wrapped up our fifth year. We're going into our sixth year, which I can't believe. That in itself is unbelievable because. Remember that time you thought no one would come? <laughs> And we filled this room like we did tonight. (laughs) But I spend a lot of time in prayer, um, lamenting on conversations that I'm having with women and just kind of trying to keep um, my heartbeat on the heartbeat of what I experience with women at our church, which is why Cultivate is constantly changing and looks different each and every year because we're changing as a church. We're changing as women. Our seasons are changing. And so last year... We both felt so strongly that we need to get women in more community because that was one of the parts that people would come and show up at our events, but they weren't connected during the week. And why, you you have the best thing that you say about that, Mel. You say like, if you if you don't have community in the good times. In the times, good times,
1: guess what you don't have in the bad times. You
0: don't have it in the bad times. And that is so true. So what would happen when our six or eight or 10 week season was over is women were completely disconnected, and how many groups did cultivate start last year?
1: It's not a big deal, but kind of. We kind of a big deal, you guys. We kind of won. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not a competition, except that it is. And it's like there's this TV upstairs.
0: Yeah, in the it's like a dashboard, like showing cultivate everybody groups and like
1: all the other groups, and we love all the other groups. So we just much. Beat love them. them. It's not a big deal. <laughs>
0: So last year we really focused on what does it mean and why is it so important to cultivate community. And so as we come into 2020 and Melody and I are thinking about like, what do we want for the women of Sandals Church this year? Because what we don't want is we don't want to be women that just show up to events. Events are great, but agrin- events aren't life-changing. So what do we want for the women? Women who are constantly telling us that they feel um, at- disconnected, stressed out, anxious, depressed, angry, all of these things. It just, we really started talking about what we want for women is we want this year for all of us together to cultivate the idea of what does it mean to find wholeness. Mm. So our 2020 theme this year is gonna be cultivate wholeness. And so tonight we want to talk about um, why, what does it mean to be whole as women to find that? Because usually you're going to see people pursue happiness and happiness is insatiable. How many of you guys have experienced that? Right when you get that thing you really wanted, then it's like Christmas. Christmas you're so excited for all the things and then the next day comes it's like, well that was over. (laughs) Like, you know, happiness is so insatiable satiable. What we want to pursue is not happiness, but wholeness for the women of our church. And what does that look like? We want to break down tonight and have a conversation about what is wholeness? How do we miss the mark? And then also some um, ways that Melody and I, caveat, when we're the best versions of ourselves, which happens from time to time. At least twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) What are some practices that we do When we look back and go, I felt the most whole when, what Mm. was going on? What were some disciplines I had? What were some practices I was doing? And to share that with you guys and talk about that tonight, in hopes that you guys will join us in pursuing wholeness this year.
1: I love the theme of wholeness because um, as we began to talk about what this means, um, it's for every girl, it's for every woman. It doesn't matter if you're 12 or you're 21 or you're 65. Um, This journey to wholeness is something that we need to pursue. And as we we kind of (laughs) landed on what does it mean? Like when we say wholeness, what do we want? We want women who are unbroken and Mm -hmm. undivided. That's what wholeness is, unbroken and undivided. Mm-hmm. And so if we're gonna be unbroken and undivided, we have to start with looking at what are the things that break us? What are the things that divide us? And when I say divide us, I don't mean like divide us, like there's a line down the middle of this room. I'm talking about what divides our hearts and our minds and our souls. What what causes mm-hmm. us to completely feel exhausted or removed or disconnected all of the time? And then how are we going to, like, what are we going to do about that? So we talked about a great verse that will kind of be our theme verse for the year. And we've taken, um, we're getting this from the message and it's actually um, on the screen right now, Romans 12, one and the end of two. And here's what it says. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, your whole life. Life, and place it before God as an offering. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So, as we were talking about, what are the things that that break us? There's so there's so many things, but when we started kind of listing, mm-hmm. these are the things that seventh grade girls face, college girls face, single women face, married women face, empty nesters face. Um, it really comes down to to two categories. One it is relationships. Relationships break us. So culture says you should have a boyfriend. Um, if you don't, something's wrong with you. You've you you you've done this, you've done this, so you should probably be married. Um, there's just constant pressure to, to be in a relationship. And then sometimes you jump into that and you realize that was the worst decision I could have ever made and it leaves you broken. Or you end up with a BFF who doesn't feel very best. Not loyal. They're not
0: the best, and they don't bring out the best in you. Yes. How many? Um, what do you guys think of that idea of, like, I used to feel this way all the time of, like, I feel like everybody else has that one best friend, but I don't have that one best friend. Yes. And I felt like such an outsider. But as I've gotten older, that's, and like, wiser. the topic all the time lately is how old <laughs> I'm getting. Um, I'm almost, how, am I going to be 46? Seven or 46? I'm not going to answer that. I can't remember. That's how old I am. I can't remember. I think I'm going to be 46. Either way, you look amazing. I already feel 56. Either way. So 46 Matt or 47. Is aging me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as I've gotten older, one of the things that I think I've learned and I trust so much now, is that different relationship, I, different relationships I have bring out the best in me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want that just one best friend anymore because sometimes, I have some friendships, like Mel, where i like, Melody. You, if you guys were to go through Melody and I's text thread. You would never come listen to us again. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's, that's
1: 100%. So...
0: <laughs> Most of our text threads start with, whoever's name is getting text melody all caps, all caps. sent or tammy all caps and I'm tammy like, brown she's like <laughs> what <laughs> and it's so dumb it's not even
1: exciting but that's what we do
0: yeah and you know and, and we'll be like this happened at work today or this was hard or i saw this or or I saw we're this celebrating on or it's like this was awesome yeah <laughs> we're celebrating that i didn't do something dumb that was our latest one we did that 10 p.m. in my closet last night. We got a FaceTime mode. He's like, I need you to applaud me. I didn't say something so dumb. I'm like, girl, girl, same girl. (laughs) You know, I have Diane, my friend Diane, who I'm like, Diane, the girls, because we both are trying to parent adult daughters. Mm. And so we have that in common. You know, I just, there's so many different friendships in my life that are the best for me and hopefully I'm the best for them in that way. And so I think one of the things that I've realized that helps me to feel more whole is to know that that idea of the one mm-hmm. actually keeps me more broken. Because sometimes Melanie are like, okay, we both need Jesus and Yes. You know, yes. Then you have like, we'll just say it, like, or Christina who's like, girls, how this can is I pray what for Jesus you? Would do? <laughs> We're like, we know Christina Crowley. Nancy's like, why would I say a bad thing about somebody? I'm like, you're right, Nancy. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be. I start minister. singing, Oh, come <laughs> to the
1: altar, here I come again.
0: Like <laughs> and again and again. But so that's what I would want for you guys and for every person listening is to think about each person in your life to kind of abandon the idea that you need to have one best friend. And even for those of you in here. You know, that might be a place where you you think you have security because it's like they're the one I'm, you know, and because a possessive spirit between girlfriends actually is one of the biggest dividers. Mm-hmm. It either happens sooner or it happens later. But to to know that it's okay... And this, I did not believe until my 40s that you can love her and it doesn't diminish your love for me. Mm-hmm. They can be special to you and it doesn't mean I don't matter. Yeah. And so I think that's what I, I wish I knew. I mean, so much of my life right now consists of what I know now that I wish I knew then, that I'm going back. I, I saw a friend um, this last week who I haven't seen in like a decade, and we were talking, and I, I just said, I was a really terrible when you left back then, and I wish I knew what I know now, mm. and I'm sorry, and it was just such an, I mean, it had been a decade, she wasn't expecting that, you know, I just said, if I were you, I wouldn't like me either, because I just, I was the worst version of myself, and so our relationship has been broken for about 10 years, mm. and now, like, having that conversation, we just were able to find that, like, wholeness, now yeah. that I'm at a better place, so. Yeah.
1: That, and that's relational, um, breakdown can be, you can feel that through so many different ways. So friendship is one, um, romantic relationships are one, um, a relationship where someone was supposed to protect you and they didn't, Mm -hmm. someone was supposed to be safe for you and they weren't. Those things can leave us, can leave us broken. And we want to talk about how we can be whole in the midst of those. Um, the other one, and I know that everyone's feeling this, especially right now, is is hardship and tragedy. Hard things that happen to you, tragic things that happen to you or to your loved ones, those things just break us, just leave us undone. I mean, everything has felt heavy and weighty, um, especially these last few weeks. And, and just mm-hmm. recently with this awful helicopter crash with these um, beloved nine people that were lost. I mean, everything in this mm-hmm. world just feels hard. And and my Twitter feed is filled with, why is there so much suffering here? Why is there so much pain? Where is God? I mean, those are real questions mm-hmm. that people are asking. And, you know, one of the things I read um, from Beth Moore, if you're on Twitter and you don't follow Beth Moore, you should because it's a different side of her and it's it's actually not precious and so I love it. Um <laughs>
0: I don't know how to get on She Twitter. just <laughs> talked about
1: how the church has to do a better job of reminding people that our happily ever after was never promised here. Mm-hmm. She said, it's this and then bliss. It's this, whatever this is, and then bliss. And that's bliss. so
0: good because the yeah. idea of the happily ever after comes from that idea of pursuing happiness, yeah. which leaves us always feeling empty. Yep. Because it's so fleeting, and so I think in the pursuit of cultivating wholeness, that's such a good point of, it's this and then bliss. Yeah, like we do have something to look forward to, and we we are we will get the happily ever after. Yeah. for everyone that's in Christ, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be here and now. Mm-hmm. But if our mind sh- our mindset is shifted from that, then. We're we're constantly we feeling like yeah. my life's not measuring up. I mean, we're not even getting into social media right now and how that can make you feel like everybody else's life is so fantastic and yours is missing it because it's the idea of I'm watching everyone else live their happily ever after, Yeah, and my real life looks like this because mm-hmm. social media is such a lie. <laughs>
1: yeah, such a lie.
0: So many things. So. That That's one of the things Matt and I talk about so often is, you know, we're just in a position where – We tend to be first responders in so many heart situations. Mm -hmm. And we will be meeting with someone in the morning here at Sandals Church, and that afternoon I'll see a social media post. And they couldn't be more different from what we know is going on to what everyone's seeing is going on. And so I have to remind myself constantly about don't believe everything you see. And then sometimes
1: I have to comment. (laughs) <laughs> it's not who you are I just saw you today sometimes
0: Melody just Melody's grown so much Thank in the you. last year thank you because now instead of posting her political situation opinion she just texts it to me what she would say yep
1: that's and then, gross right, you know we're what? all trying to grow right <laughs> right So, brokenness, woman unbroken, a woman undivided. And we're going to spend time, you know, not just tonight, but this year talking about this because I think when we boiled that down to its finest components, Mm -hmm. we are divided by, I want to, we want to stress two things. One, activity. We are so busy. We are so exhausted all the time. And little Johnny has to play the bass and the trombone and be on the fishing team and the golfing team and have craft time after school <laughs> and have a craft corner in his room because if he doesn't, he's going to be in therapy. <laughs> he's going to be in therapy because you're a psycho mom. That's why he's going to be in therapy. <laughs> my kid, I already told my kids, you're going. I mean, it's not, it's not like if or when. It's like, you're going. But activity. We are overcommitted. We over, so then we overindulge. Mm -hmm. So physically, we're not well, and mentally and emotionally, we're not well. And it's through activity. And then the other one, which you referenced earlier is, is entertainment, social media, we were so divided, because we were so busy over here, putting together our perfect Instagram story, that we didn't have time for that thing that really mattered. Or we were so busy over here, scrolling and scrolling mindlessly for hours. Um, you know, when you get that little reminder on, on your notification on your phone, how many, how much time you spent that week, how many of you want to go? I hope no one ever finds my phone. <laughs> I'm like, I work on this. Okay, guys, I work on it, but it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So we're, 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 we want to combat brokenness and, and being divided. And there's not like a magic formula that we're going to talk about, but I think that there are incredible steps to take Mm -hmm. to move us towards being healthy and whole mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to speak to that, the activity piece, because that's a real conversation that I find myself having constantly through direct message on Instagram, emails, or people that stop me when I'm at our different campuses. And by no means are my children perfect angels not even close (laughs) we're celebrating right now that ethan is not terrible he's doing so much better (laughs) ethan's been so good he just got a good report card um that boy i he has my whole heart though honestly like he's the baby and I just love him so much. We okay. We we were at
1: Ethan's basketball game a couple weeks ago, and I played basketball in high school, and then I coached basketball. I know so nothing about we're like sitting box there. out. I
0: still don't know what that yeah. even means. And Tammy's like, "This is great. Everyone's having fun." I'm like, "Defense!" Get over there. Like, <laughs> and and yet I'm like, "How? I don't understand how a foul. Like, why do we want fouls?" But I'm like four seasons in. You guys are yeah, still don't understand you're still these faith. things. That's that is the beauty. You are
1: such a faithful, loyal fan.
0: There, at all the time, even though like you're like, what? no. what's happening? Matt is like, not okay. High three on the Enneagram, right? He's like, I can't believe he missed I'm like, but he really tried. <laughs> 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 it's like, Matt's it's like, you don't understand. I'm like, we're not fighting about high school basketball. Like, we have enough to fight about. This is not going to be yes. one of the things. But, you know, the girls, you know, Kennedy is 21 and a half. Madison just turned 23. And even though they still have so much growing up to do, so much maturing to do, so many people will say, like, what are some of the things you did? Because the girls both love God. They love the church. Um, they're, they're decent, good portion of the time. Um, mostly everywhere else is just to me, they're like, Mom. But here's the thing. Matt and I decided a long, long time ago that for our family to feel whole there ha- we couldn't do it all mm-hmm. and so if we had to decide what we were going to do we had you know we had to decide church and i don't say this to shame anybody who misses on a wednesday or misses on a sunday or however that looks but i will tell you this speaking of being broken and divided if you wait to make that a priority on till the back end if you don't do it on the front end on the back end that's what I see now. I see adult children, and that doesn't mean if you make every Wednesday and make every Sunday that your kid's not going to struggle. But I will say this. When you make everything else more important, right. everything else will be more important. Right. than God. And so one of the things we decided is we couldn't do sports that were on Sundays, which meant our kids didn't get to do club teams. Now caveat to that. None of our kids are probably going to college on sports. (laughs) So bless their hearts, but they are such good heart handlers. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I feel like that's a win, but you know, we had to decide that. Mm -hmm. And this year's the first year that Ethan has had to miss a couple Wednesdays for basketball. And he actually gets so upset about it because that's what he knows. And so all that to say is a way to divide your family is to make every other activity the most important thing mm-hmm. because these kids are exhausted, they're tired, they're good at everything, but they're not connected with God. Yeah. And so don't mistake that either about, you know, being busy mm-hmm. as being yeah. doing the right things. Well, or- you no, know, here's our
1: stress makes us feel significant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we're stressed, we feel like we matter. When we're so busy that we can't, I mean, we're just so busy, we have meaning and we have purpose. And that is the opposite. God said, be still and know that I am God. Like, you don't you don't find me in, in the rat race. You don't find me in the chaos. In, in the Old Testament, he talks about you find me in a still, small voice, in, in a whisper. And mm-hmm. you know, I think the other part of activity that we have to be so mindful of is when we're not busy... We're alone with our thoughts, and that scares us. Like, we're scared of quiet. We're scared of I'm scared of everything. Yes. (laughs) That's why I'm
0: here to be. My weapon is a melody. That's Tammy's song. That's my song. I'm like, no, but for reals. No, but for reals. (laughs) My weapon is actually (laughs) a melody. But that's the truth. You know, you're seeing kids at a younger and younger and younger and younger age have extreme anxiety because they can't rest. Mm-hmm. You know we've had to put some practices in our home and again, not perfect parents by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember, you know I'm lucky because my sister I have an older sister with all older kids than mine. And so I've gotten to watch you know those guys and see what they do. A lot of things are super great, but I also have got to see that the difference that smartphones have played in the lives of our kids, mm-hmm. from the lives of us. I remember I was um, at my sister's house once and when cell phones had just come out. So like, you didn't really know then, you know, yes. to, what kind of boundaries to have or what. And I was sleeping in my niece's room, my oldest niece. Um, and her phone was like zzz, zzz, all night long. She'd be up and check it. And back then you didn't really know like, oh, she's not, she hasn't slept through a night in six months. Yeah. You know, and so luckily Ethan's the baby of the nine grandkids on my side of the family and now it's like at 9.30 or 10 o'clock he has to plug it in in the the, um, room and it's not because I'm scared of what he's gonna look at, it's because I want him to be able to shut off. Yeah. Because he's active on his phone all night long. Matt and I just had a conversation about neither of us are sleeping well. We both feel anxious, and I'm like, we're both on our phone every night right before bed. Mm-hmm. We're both like, which just amps you up, or you see that thing that makes you all angsty. Yes, happened that day that you weren't invited to, or bad news, or and so we just said we're having our son do something that's good for him, but it's actually breaking us. Yeah, and so we're gonna. Start we we doing had that. a
1: conversation there. I was like, we could like read. And it was like, we could.
0: We could, we could read a book. <laughs> and let me that's tell you, I've done that did. before. I've done that before. And <laughs> nothing puts me to sleep better, faster. <laughs> I know. I'm not telling the author, but I'm just grateful. That There's was a no gift. There's no book
1: out there that's getting me all angsty <laughs> no. and stressed out. <laughs> No, it's, it's true. Um, okay. And then so activity and then entertainment. So social media gives us a window into everybody's opinions and thoughts all the time. And we've forgotten how to be filtered. And we've forgotten how to not post everything that we do say, think, eat, smell, feel, eat again. Remember like we when just, Instagram
0: first came out, though, and all people posted was their food? Yeah. Who remembers that? That you made, made hers, me happy. Raise your hand. <laughs> I did it, too. But it's, yeah, but it's... Or your feet, like, just all the feet pictures of wherever you were that day. I don't think we were friends, then. We weren't. We weren't. Did you guys hear my story about when Instagram first came out? This is the best. Thought, you didn't understand I yeah. thought that it was like a photo filtering app. I didn't realize that people could follow you. <laughs> and so we were on vacation at the beach and like our kids had taken pictures of Matt and I on the beach and I was like playing with all the filters and I didn't know people could see him. And so then a few months later I saw my friend Heather and she's like, I totally follow you on Instagram. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> my feed was just like 10 pictures of the same picture of me in a bikini. That's my pastor's (gasps) wife right there. I was like, so I went and took like nine of them off. The one is still there for good, just like good memory of it. But I was like, I didn't know people could see, because then what I would do was save that picture and then put it on Facebook. (laughs) I told you I'm old. How do I get on the Facebook?
1: I send you what you need to know from Facebook. Um, <laughs> I'm not on Facebook
0: and legit, Melody screenshots. Here's anything. what you missed
1: today. Um, but I think we w- we could agree that the scroll will kill the soul. It will kill your soul. We can't be whole when we scroll. It kills the soul. like. That's just all coming to me right you know now. What? Melody with their rhyming words, honestly. <laughs> so. So what we want to try to do in the short, brief time tonight mm-hmm. before we break and then before we come back and answer some of your questions is give you like th- a bite-sized version of some of the things that we are going to pursue together mm-hmm. this year. Like, what's the answer? And like I said, we, you guys don't listen to us for formulas because clearly we're like, what? We don't know. Like, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, honestly, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but we are in constant pursuit. I can tell you that. We are constantly pursuing mm-hmm. Jesus for ourselves and we are constantly pursuing how we can be the best versions of ourselves and not because pastors wives or leaders in the church because we're just daughters of of God. Yeah. And because we bear his name, we bear his image. And so why wouldn't we want to be the best versions of ourselves, you know, for him? Um so I'm going to talk about these two things and then I'm going to toss it to you cuz I know you have some some really awesome points to share, but I don't think we can be whole unless we're wholly committed to to two things, um, and we have more things to share. But the first one is seeking God, right? And no one's like, "Oh," but everybody should like, be like, "Wow, oh, wait, what?" <laughs> because Rocket that fight. word implies intentionality. So think about seeking this way: you're walking out the door and you can't find your keys. How do you look for your Matt keys, Brown, Matt
0: Brown? Every single day. Wait, what?
1: Matt Brown. <laughs> Matt Brown today in the office left and came back. This is back. how we really talk. It never yeah. stays on point. So he, we're just being real. He stood cool. in, in, by my desk for like thirty seconds, doing this, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm trying to find my keys." <laughs> <Like it> was- <laughs> and I, I think he found them because he left. But when you're looking for your keys, what does that pursuit look like? You're not distracted. You're not over here doing this or doing that. You don't sit down and take a break and have a snack. You don't stop until
0: you find your keys. You are seeking them. What about when you can't find your phone? Oh, oh you got a flashlight down under your car. You're yeah. like, I'll stay up all night. I can't find phone. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> over, there, over there. It's like. We panic, but look
0: how hard we're looking for keys it. Keys are like, we don't need our keys. Yes, but.
1: <laughs> but then what would your life with God look like if you pursued him that way? If you were just like intentionally focused, solely focused, I want to see God. I wrote this first sentence from Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, And I love it because it has our theme in it. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We are so good at giving God leftovers. We're so content to throw him like a bone every now and then. I went to church. I, I did my reading plan. I served. I was here. And he's like, you no, know, seeking me wholeheartedly. And that's, re- that represents an ongoing relationship mm-hmm. with him. That's one of the things that we talk about. One of the things Tammy says that I love is, um, she says this often, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. That's what pursuit looks like. That's what progress looks like. My relationship with God isn't where I want it to be yet, but it's not where it was because I'm growing and I'm pursuing mm-hmm. and I'm I'm spending more time with him. And that's why I think that you can't get around that. Like you can't pursue you can't get to wholeness unless you're going to be seriously committed to pursuing God.
0: And that's what we want for you guys is we want you guys to kind of make that part of your mental mantra that you say is you know, a lot of us are like, well, I haven't spent the time I want. I haven't read as much as I want. I I didn't, this is the thing I always hear from women is like, I couldn't get up at 5.30 a.m. to have my quiet time before the kids got it. Like, I've never done that. (laughs) Usually it looks like everyone's out of the house, gone. Um, But we want you guys to look at that. Where are you now? And where do you want to be at this time next year? Mm -hmm. Hopefully for you guys in this pursuit of cultivating wholeness, you can say that. You can say, I'm not where I want to be. I, Hopefully we all want to be closer to God. We want to be more obedient. We want to be more um, schooled in the scripture. But we'll never be there this side of heaven fully because life changes, seasons change, trials change. You know, we've been through some things this last few weeks where it's like, wow, this thing I know about God looks different means something different now Mm -hmm. because my life is different. I I have to hold on to the words different, you know, but that you'll look back and go, man, in, in 2019, I was hardly reading the word and now I'm doing, you know, this many days a week or spending this much time or I read this whole book. And I understand what it means for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what we want in this pursuit of cultivating wholeness is for you at this time next year to be able to say, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what beautiful, that's what a beautiful pursuit looks like. Um, And then the other, the other point, I think seeking him, and this is again, something that we say and we talk about and we sing, but when we actually practice, Um, And it's this idea of surrendering to God. So seeking God and surrendering God. In fact, in Romans 12, the one, the verse that we're going to use this year, another version says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness. Surrender means releasing control. And I, I really believe that the epidemic of uh, that is that is just taking over of high rates of anxiety and depression are directly linked to our desire for control, control that we cannot ever have, control that will never be ours, and yet we pursue it and we feel like we have to have it, and it just consumes us. It just it takes over. Um, but... I wonder often what would it look like for a band of women who just lived in complete surrender, mm. like God. Here's here's me. Here's my life. I, I I told you guys in our last podcast that I've been going to therapy. Uh, I vent in therapy, and it feels so amazing. <laughs> She's like, "This is good, Melody." I'm like, "It is awesome." Now, then <laughs> I just keep I just keep going. <laughs> She's just like, "Very good." I'm like, "Oh, great. This is so affirming." But. Then she challenges half of what I said, but one of the one of the visuals because she told me that I talk with my hands, <laughs> so I didn't know that. Um, and she was like, "Whenever you talk about this one thing, you you keep doing this. I wonder when you talked about it if you could start doing this." And so I was like, "Like right now?" She goes, "Yeah, like so." And I and she goes, "No, no, no like turn." And it was this visual, as I was talking, I was saying mine for here, for me, my territory, my space, my way. And when I started talking about it, this, there was just a whole difference that happened when I started talking about it. She goes, this is surrender. This is control. What would it look like if we all just decided to to surrender? And I think surrendering for me has looked like surrendering emotional eating, Surrendering the desire to throat punch people. Have you surrendered that though? <laughs> it's a daily surrender. It's a okay, moment back by to moment, that, moment Not where I want to be. <laughs> not where I want to be. Not where I was. I didn't actually throat punch. Um, but you all, you all have your things. Mm-hmm. You all know that when I say what, what, what would you never release? What would you never give away? What would you never say? God, have your way with this. What is that? What's that thing that's making us mm-hmm. do this? What would it look like in 2020 if you did more of this? And I think that's a huge facet to pursuing wholeness.
0: I think for me, those things would be, um, you know, with friendships, surrendering friendships. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt always says like, that's that's your thing is I just get so insecure or possessive or- What does Matt say when you tell him you're his best friend? He's like, don't put that voodoo on me. (laughs)
1: It's so like, I, I, know, my I favorite. know what happens with you
0: and your best friends. <laughs> it's like, I don't ever want that for us. <laughs> that was 30s Tammy. 40s Tammy is like so much better. <laughs> but it has been a process. But I've even thought of that If like, what if I'm not as close to certain people anymore? Or mm-hmm. I have to say... No, or I disappoint people. I have a really hard time feeling like I disappoint people, mm-hmm. and the more I don't surrender that, the more I disappoint people, and mm-hmm. the more just angsty I am, because I'm always, uh, you know this, like just in, in the position that I, that Matt put me in in life. <laughs> <laughs> A constant disappointment every day. Somewhere, like I didn't say hi, or I couldn't come to this thing, or and now that Ethan's older, I'm working a lot more, which means I have a lot less free time for coffee dates and all of these kind of things. So, I'm, I, I'm mad and like it's maddening how I'm trying to spend so many plates. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm having to surrender: is some plates are going to have to drop. Now, in that so that I stay whole. I ha I've had to figure out what plates absolutely cannot drop. Yeah. Who are the people that are the most life giving in my life that I can't drop that plate because if without them I'm not yeah. whole. But also like I'm wondering that for all of you guys, I bet every person in this room can think of someone in their life that You may need to surrender. Mm -hmm. It it could be a boyfriend relationship. It could be, it's not going to be your husband relationship. (laughs) But a friend. I went to
1: the podcast and they told me to leave you. So
0: (laughs) I have to be home. That is not a thing. Don't tell anybody I said that. Okay. (laughs) But you know, it could be a boyfriend. It could be a best friend, even. You know, best friends can be toxic. And it's like, well, we've been friends forever. And you've been a mess forever. Mm. You've been divided forever. You've been anxious forever. You've been hurt yeah. forever. And so I wonder what those things are for you of and for everyone that's listening, of what do you need to surrender? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm having to surrender that I don't have a bazillion hours every single day. Mm-hmm to do all the things, meet all the people. Like Matt the other day was like, I need for the next two nights for us to not have plans. <laughs> I was like, okay, what I hear you saying is <laughs> I'm planning too much stuff, you know? But now I know in my mind, well, now I'm letting this person down, I'm letting these people down. Oh, I can't go to this, so now I'm left out. And what is, you know, I'm going to miss out kind of a deal. Yeah, And so I'm having to really surrender mm-hmm it's okay if I'm left out. It's okay if I miss out. It's okay if we're not as close as we used to be. Yep. And in that, I'm finding more energy spiritually, less anxiety, less stress. Yeah. More wholeness. Yeah. Which seems like the opposite would be true, but mm-hmm. it's just not.
1: Yeah. And you, you all have your own things. I mean, as we're sitting here mm-hmm. talking about it, they're you're, they're coming to your mind. Um, and I would, my encouragement would be for you to start with a, with a journal entry of some sort that said, what, what has me broken, what has me divided and how can I be whole? What does that look like for me? And we're not going to get there overnight. You know, you're not going to get there. Um, I'm talking a lot more to myself. My self-talk these days is a lot more about progress not mm-hmm. just about a goal, but progress. Mm-hmm. And and that's how we give grace to ourselves, but we also stay in the game. Um, so sh- before we wrap up this first segment, tell us a couple of the things that you've said, this is when I feel my most whole.
0: So as we were thinking through this, I, I started thinking, Matt started laughing. He's like, oh, I should go listen to that. I'd like to hear about your best self. I was like, eh, you're not You can
1: find us on any podcast platform, (laughs) Matt Brown.
0: (laughs) But I've been thinking about when I know that I feel the most whole, not just happy because stuff every day in my world, either something's happened to me, someone I love, or something in the world or to people I care about in our church. So I cannot equate wholeness with happiness because I'm surrounded constantly by other people's sadness or Mm -hmm. sorrow or heartbreak or tragic situation. And I'm glad to do that. So Kay Warren has said this, and I've shared this on the podcast. She said um, in her book, Choose Joy, about how basically what she's saying is to find wholeness, you get to a place where you're okay, where happiness and sorrow run side by side like two, like a train Mm. on the tracks, Mm. you know, and, and you're okay with both.
1: Yeah. They coexist. They
0: coexist because that's the reality. And I think so many people feel empty or they don't feel whole or fulfilled in life because the missing piece, because something's going wrong. Well, guess what? There's always something that's going to be going wrong. Mm -hmm. We have to be okay anyway. That's life. There's always gonna be a disappointment. There's always gonna be a relationship that might be wonky or sideways. There's always, and also, there's gonna be good things. You know, Mel and I walked with one of our dearest friends recently that lost her son, and it's also her birthday this week. And so, we've had that conversation of, you know, I said, hey, this has been the worst, but also, it's your birthday. And that's the unfortunate thing about life Mm. and the fortunate thing that every day comes again. Every morning comes again. The world keeps spinning even when you're stopped in your tracks. Mm. And so how can we still be okay with the worst sorrow and sadness of her life and a lot of ours in some ways and also like celebrate you? And and that I think is going to be key in us pursuing Wholeness is figuring out how how can we embrace both, Mm -hmm. knowing that both, unfortunately, are good for us, but also it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Like, life doesn't stop. Life didn't stop for our friend. The next day came, and the next, and now it's been a week and two weeks, and life doesn't stop when the worst thing happens. And also, all of us know that this is true, that on your best day, the next morning still comes, work still comes, Christmas break is over, the holiday is over. My favorite holiday is my birthday. Like, my birthday's <laughs> over the next day. I'm like, oh, oh, back to life, you know, kind of a deal. But so here's some things that when I look back at me and know when I've been felt the most whole, these kind of things um, are going on with me. These are practices I do in disciplines. The first is being connected with God and others. So many of the questions that come into us constantly is I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to connect with God with all the things. I think we would say this. You don't have time not to. Because if it isn't in you, it's not going to come out of you. Yeah. Matt always says this to me, and we've shared it before. You know, he he uses the orange juice cup analogy with me about if you have a cup full of orange juice, okay, and someone comes and shakes it, what's going to come out of the cup? Orange juice. Orange juice. Why? Because that's what's inside the cup. Because that's what's inside the cup you're going to get shook in life. You're going to get shaken. And what's going to come out of you is what was already in you. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting something in you, meaning God's word, time with God, knowing his, his truth. I mean, when we were with our friend this whole last two weeks, it was amazing scripture that was coming to our mind to yeah. share. Yep, We would not have to go look it up. It's because we've read it. I didn't know when I would need it. I didn't know. I mean, it takes a little longer now to like scroll it back. But, you know, when you have to pull that, and that's how God's Word works. You know, the the girls will say to me sometimes, or younger girls, of like, what should I read? Or it doesn't, I don't know what it makes sense for now. God's Word will make sense now or later, and you don't know when you'll need it. Mm. That's why it's so important to just read it. Because you may read something that you're like, oh, well, I'm not going through a hard time right now, or I'm not, experiencing this but when you do and your cup is shook guess what's going to come out you're going to be like i remember that story i remember what god says to me in this situation i remember these words to be life-giving to my friend in a situation yeah and so when i'm connected with god and also connected with others and here's what i know now that i didn't know when i was younger less really is more like one of the most important things that I have found on my journey of pursuing wholeness is knowing me really, really well. It is so important for me to understand me so that I can understand the best relationships for me Mm. and be the best version of myself. There are some people out there, it's just like everything about them and everything about me, neither is bad, but we are oil and water. And some of you guys might have these kind of relationships. It's like, no matter what you do, there's competitiveness, there's envy, there's jealousy, there's sarcasm, Mm -hmm. there's backbiting, there's whatever. Those kind, like, I know what triggers me and certain people, that's just who they are. For me to pursue wholeness means that I need to be connected to people, but not just everybody, the right people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's so hard is we say, like, we have to love everyone. We do. We do. We believe in kindness. It's not just something we're putting on the stage, putting on our shirts, putting on our social media. We can be kind to everybody. We don't have to be close to everybody. Mm -hmm. Friendly, not friends. We're friendly to everybody. We're not friends with everybody. And so I've had to figure out what are the kinds of friendships that help me be the healthiest version of myself. Mm. And that's what I would encourage everyone here to do is, and those friends, some dynamic in them will constantly be, turning you back to God, yeah. asking you hard questions, even asking you, how, like, what's your God time been like? What has God been showing you? Where, what are you reading in Scripture? When I know those questions are coming on those days where I'm like, oh, I don't really want to get it. I was too busy. I was watching Teen Mom 2. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched in like two seasons, you guys. Okay. Not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know but those kind of things they're going to point you they're going spiritual conversation will be a natural dynamic yeah. of the people that you should be in relationship with most in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you cut everybody off like hey you never out, like you're out but slowly ask me a bible verse right now are we done <laughs> Slowly, as you pursue wholeness this year, I want that to be something you're thinking about. But not only that, I want you to start practicing it. Ask your friends, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Ask your friends, like, hey, are you reading? I'm reading, and here's what I'm learning. You'll be so amazed at how transformative spiritual conversation is to your relationships. Yeah. Um. So connect with God and others. The other one is... Um, For me, when I am experiencing wholeness, I'm convinced that the way I'm designed matters. The Bible says, right, um, you're God's masterpiece, I'm God's masterpiece. How many of you guys have struggled believing that exact thing? I know I have. I look around me and I see such talented and gifted people in so many ways that I wish I was, and I'm not. I have to, when I'm my best self, I'm convinced that the things about me are exactly who God wanted me to be because they're a necessary part of humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the things. So many people comment with me and Mel about our relationship, and part of it is we celebrate our differences, knowing that she has some strengths that I don't and vice versa, and both of us matter. Mm -hmm. Both of the strengths we bring. And so, but if I'm not that way, I can look at Mel or Mel can look at me and be like, I'm not enough because I'm not good at that. I'm not enough because I don't do that. When we are constantly convinced that everybody else is right and we're not, inside we're broken and divided with who we are and who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. When I'm convinced that my design matters, I'm the best version of myself. The Enneagram is one of the best resources that we found here to help us understand like how we're wired. Mm-hmm. And it is not the Bible. It is not the end all. But it, what it does help you understand is the strengths you bring to the table. It helps warn you and helps show you blind spots, maybe that are detrimental to you. But it also goes, here's what you bring to this big mosaic of humanity that matters. Yeah. So bring it. Every single person can't be A six on the Enneagram, the loyalist. It matters because loyalists are, that's what I am, a six. You know, we're truth tellers. We are loyal, but also we're scared of everything. We won't try anything new. There's so much about us that's like, if everybody's scared of everything, no one's even coming outside their houses. You know what I'm saying? And the the planet isn't expanding or furthering (laughs) in any kind of way. So you need to be convinced that your design matters. And if you don't know the good parts about you, that's one of the things you're going to pursue this year. On your journey of pursuing and cultivating wholeness, is here is what I'm good at, and I'm not gonna be ashamed of it. And here's the other thing I'm not going to minimize it mm-hmm. so that someone else feels better. Yeah. Well, we don't, when we minimize
1: uh, ourselves, what we don't realize, and, and this is why reading in Genesis mm-hmm. is so good, is, is we're minimizing the mark of God in our own lives. Well, you're not, you, you didn't make yourself. So as soon as you minimize yourself, you're minimizing your maker. That's why when we don't bring our whole selves to the table, mm-hmm. we're robbing people, we're robbing the church, our community, our relationships of giftedness that we have from God just because we're we're downplaying who we are. And, and we're always shoving ourselves to the side. And that's not to say that we're going to be we are women hear us roar and we're just gonna take over the world and everybody else could just you know go lay down and go to bed. it's It's a matter of how can I be how can I be this person that God's created me to be and walk in confidence, not arrogance because you had nothing to do with it, but confidence that he's got you that way. He's designed you that way mm-hmm. for a purpose mm-hmm. that there's something he wants you to do. there's someone he wants you to reach. Um, when you
0: when you stop, trying so hard to be everything you're not, you actually become so good at what you are. Yeah. <laughs> because you're putting energy into it. Yeah. And that's what makes even what we get
1: to do so much fun mm-hmm. is because we're bringing what we're good at to the table and we're running alongside of each other, cheering mm-hmm. each other on. Um, you know, so and they're like, it looks beautiful. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with it. Thank <laughs> you. I'll pass
0: that along. Because everyone I, came in this morning, they're like, why are you doing this part? I'm like, because this is the part I actually really love. <laughs>
1: yeah. No one asked me why I wasn't doing it. No one even asked. So, um, but that's what's, that's what's right. fun. We're bringing our gifts together. When you, when you say, I'm ready to bring my gifts to the table, God's like, then I'm ready to do something in mm-hmm. and through you. That's powerful.
0: Yeah, and, and you'll be so surprised at what he does when you find it. And when you know you're doing exactly the thing that feels so normal to you, You're like, but that's not a big deal because it's so normal because that's your thing. right? You know, there are things Mel does. I try to do them. I'm like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I can't even. You know, and her's just like, what? I can do 10 more of this because, and vice versa. You know, because when it's your thing, it doesn't feel like work. I want you guys to think about the areas of your life where you're trying to be something you're not because that's being divided and broken within yourself. Mm. So connecting with God and others, being convinced that how you're created and shaped and designed matters. The next thing is confess to God and others. James 5.16 is one of the verses that matters most to me, and here's what it says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be whole and healed. The prayer of a a righteous person is powerful and effective. James 5.15 says confess to God for forgiveness right before that. So two parts to this scripture, confess to God, for forgiveness. He's our forgiver. He's the one that when we fall short, he's the only one that can make that right. Yeah. But that confess to others. When you think about the idea of wholeness versus the antithesis of it, which is being divided, when we're in sin, when we're angry with others, when we're prideful, all of the ways that we mess up, we're divided relationally. When I'm my best self, it's when I do a personal inventory about what are the relationships in my life right now that are divided. You know, I've had some friendships out there where it's just like, they're mad at me, I'm mad at them, we're completely divided. I'm like, please, some of you guys have heard me joke about, what about Target? (laughs) Anybody remember that? Like, what do I do at Target when I see this person? (laughs) And like, we know we can't stand each other right now. What do I wanna do in this moment so that when I'm in Target, it's not so awkward? When I am, am the best version of myself, I'm taking personal inventory. What relationships in my life are divided? Mm. And I seek those out. And I, I spend time in prayer in those about as much as depends on me, right? Remember we said God's word when it's in you. As much as depends on me, how can I be at peace with all people? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean those relationships, we're going to go back to the way we were. It doesn't mean that we're gonna be just fine and good all of a sudden. But when I'm divided and broken inside and feel the antithesis of whole, I usually have some relationships out there that are not in a good place. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to do that recently. I was just like, I know that this relationship is divided. And I actually like wrote out this letter and said, hey, now in my heart of hearts, I know it wasn't all me. But guess what, you guys? Part of it was, part of it was, and I had to own that because as much as depends on me. And I wrote out this letter and I just said, I am so sorry for the things that I could have done better. If I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, I would have done things differently. And I'm sorry. It wasn't a letter like, but also you, (laughs) you know? There's some truth in that, right? There was two sides. But for me, I had to say, I need to make this right because I'm feeling so empty, so divided within, Mm -hmm. because I know I have all of this angstiness. And guess what? Most of these situations for me are people in the church, they're Christians, (laughs) right? And we're supposed to be for each other. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to be kind to one another. I don't have very many fights with people who aren't believers, And I have a lot of, seemingly a lot of fights in my life, but you know, it's all with believers. And so one of the practices that I'm starting to do in my life is always ask, what's my part and how can I make it right? The more I'm doing this, the more the person on the other end is like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And then guess what? The division is gone. It doesn't mean we're best friends again. You know, we're brushing each other's hair again and getting pedicures or whatever that looks like. But what it does look like is when I'm at Target and we see each other, we can hug and say hello, and it's not weird. Mm -hmm. So what I want for you guys is what do you need to confess to God, right? But to confess to others, because when we confess to others, A, the enemy can't hold that over us anymore. So much of our internal and external division comes when the enemy, which is very real, right? We don't fight against flesh and blood. When the enemy has something to hold over us. Mm-hmm. So when I'm feeling divided, I know the enemy has something over me. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna take care of this. Yeah, I- I'm gonna step into this place. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes it means that I have to like humble myself, which we're supposed to do, right? I have to go first. Say I'm sorry first. Mm-hmm. It's like, but they hurt me, but as much as depends on me. Right. So confess to God and others. And here's the thing that part about confessing to others for what? Wholeness? Here's why. Because so many of us are so afraid that if we go to someone else and we confess our weakness, our brokenness, our sin, like we didn't get it right, that they're gonna be like, uh oh, no, I want nothing to do with you. You're broken. Most of the time, when done with the right heart and the right spirit, it's received well. And the enemy loses all power because it's like, wait, you know I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know I'm broken. You know I'm flawed. And you're still standing here. You're still accepting me. You're still loving me. That's where wholeness comes in. So I want to challenge you guys. Think through your life. Think through those divided relationships. And ask yourself and pray through as much as depends on me. How can I be at peace mm. with all people? Um, just a couple quick more. Ooh, I'm sorry. So, control my time. So many questions come in. I don't have time. No one's in charge of your time but you. What, in like when I'm the, my, the, the best version of me, when I feel the most whole, I'm controlling my time, I'm making time to exercise. Because when I don't exercise, I go mental. They go hand in hand. I'm like thinking angsty thoughts. I'm all stressed out. You know, and I'm not like some avid exerciser like Matt. <laughs> like, I try to do a spin class or yoga or take a walk. I thought you were going say, like, Mel is like, oh, Matt. Yeah, like Matt. <laughs> Matt's like excessive. But if you think for one second that your wholeness and your well being, isn't directly correlated with your physical activity and your physical wellness. I mean, it's scientifically not true. So Mm -hmm. that's not even just my opinion. right? (laughs) You know, you control your time. Make sure that you're doing something active. Also, you also control your time. And I can tell you, every person I know who says they have no time has time for Instagram. So that argument's like out the window in this day and age. Like, because everyone has some time to scroll. Everyone has some time for TV to binge watch whatever you're binge watching. True crime. You're true crime. <laughs> Teen mom. You are in control of your time. And if you don't control your time, your time's going to control you. Yeah. What you spend your time on is what matters most to you. So if you're pursuing wholeness, you need to ask yourself that question. Mm. And if God and reading your Bible isn't included in that, that's your own answer about what matters to you. And if that's not true about you, you need to ask yourself what needs to go. Mm. I'm going to spend less time with this. And then the last thing is to contribute, to be about other things than yourself, to serve, to help others. You want to feel whole, love someone else, show Mm. up for someone else, give to something good. And then finally to construct boundaries. This is one of the best things I think of when I am my best self, feel the most whole, is when I am honoring my boundaries. My boundaries with people, my boundaries with time, my boundaries with toxic relationship, my boundaries with how much time I'm looking at Instagram, my boundaries with what I look at. You don't have to follow every person. Instagram has the best thing right now called mute. Now you don't have to have the fight about the unfollow, you can just not see it. No one else is gonna be the gatekeeper to your mind and your soul and your time than you. Like you are responsible. And it frustrates me. This this is when it gets into the real melt. I'm like, it frustrates me when women just think it's going to happen. It's our responsibility to manage ourselves, mm-hmm. to grow up, to say what's important. No one else is going to do that. I'm married to Matt Brown. He's the most disciplined person alive, I think. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not a I have to do that and want that for myself. And if you want wholeness, you have to have boundaries. Yeah. You have to have boundaries. I'm, you know, it's a big thing we're talking about with our girls right now. Like they're young and they're, you know, they're like, I'm staying out till one in the morning. And also I work now full time at 8am. And I'm like, how's that working out? Right, like if you know you have something at seven a.m. in the morning, like a two a.m. like come in time is that's called growing up. Mm -hmm. And growing up in our faith and spiritually is also so important. No one else can do that for us. It is our responsibility. We need to do it. Yeah. And when we have boundaries with our time, with the people we're around, with our priorities, if if reading your Bible is important to you. Make about, say no to something else so you can say yes to that.
1: Yeah. So good.
0: And I, I that's love. That's what I got.
1: Yes. And that's what we're going to dive into. I mean, that mm-hmm. was like your 30,000 foot view. Um, but this whole year is going to be way, about those things. I don't do that,
0: all those things very often. <laughs> but when I do, I, I call the phrase hands. So. You are so
1: <laughs> whole, which is awesome. I'm like
0: the wholest.
1: Yeah, you're the wholest. <laughs> um and the whole, yes, I mean, they just go together. Super totes. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap up here, um, and then we we're gonna um, we're gonna have a lot of fun diving into some some questions, okay, some really questions. great questions that mm-hmm. you guys have asked. Um, but but thanks for tuning in, and we're gonna sign off here.